Hey everybody, welcome to Far Out Dudes. It's another week and I have another Far Out conversation for us. Well, good job, Joseph. You like that? You like that? Finally bringing a conversation. Uh, co- yeah, I guess. I mean, I like it. But I, I get to say that we are on location. Yeah. At Three Mile Island. I don't feel safe here. There is, there. everybody's gone for the holiday weekend. So we yeah. are literally sitting in their parking lot. We jumped over the fences. We set up our podcast uh, here, here for you guys. Illegally. Yeah. So, again, thank you for the money that you send us, and hopefully we don't get arrested. Hopefully we can finish this podcast without anybody, uh, anybody stopping us. It's kind of strange that the clouds from the uh, those pipes over there are not... Stop pointing those out. <laughs> <laughs> Edit it out. Anyway. Also, that we don't get uh, cancer from... Yeah, I'm feeling, filming feeling a little bit of radiation burn already. Anyway. What do you know... About Three Mile Island, first off. Uh, it's three miles. Correct. And it's an island. Correct. Um, and it You're was close to uh, exploding, similar to Chernobyl. There, well, this happened understanding. before Chernobyl. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is... So I don't know why they don't call it America's <laughs> Three Mile Island. Yeah. Why they call it Chernobyl. Well, that's because Chernobyl actually blew up, whereas I don't, I don't think Three Mile so, right? Three Mile Island. All Let's right. Let's jump into it. Jump into those nuclear reactors. <laughs> okay. okay. Nuclear reactors. Uh, three Mile Let me look at my notes here. All so right. Three Mile Island, okay. as we all know. Yes, it's Three Mile was a th- was a nuclear meltdown that occurred in Middletown, Pennsylvania. Ah, which Pennsylvania. Ironically, isn't in the middle of anything. Oh, uh, wow. That's <laughs> hilarious. On the day, it's gonna get cut. <laughs> on the date of March twenty eighth, nineteen seventy nine. Okay. At four a.m. in the unit morning. two control room, unit there two. is a room of operators doing their job. Operator? Operators. Okay. Doing their job. Alrighty, cool. When out of nowhere, ah, nearly every alarm starts going off. Ooh, that's. And scary. they got no warning of you know these alarms are gonna go off or or anything crazy. There was uh, no warning. Were those? There was no warning for the warnings. Oh wow. <laughs> That that anything was, was going on. Wow. Well, like all the alarms going off. Like okay. one didn't start and then another one started. They just all started blaring at the same time. Okay, so it wasn't one warning. It was multiple warnings. The whole wall went up. The whole alarm system was going uh, berserkas. Berserkas, yes. And so they all started scrambling to figure out what was going on. And the what? temperature of the core was rising. So nobody was staying calm during this entire moment. No, believe it or not. They were all scrambling around. Correct. Like, chicken, like chickens with their hair cut, heads cut off. It wasn't put that way, but... Uh, okay. So... It sounds like it, though. The temperature... Well, let me tell you why. The temperature okay. of the core was rising, mm-hmm. even though it was showing the water level was full. For some reason, okay. they call for the water pump to be turned off. And... <laughs> exactly. And as Rick Parks, a nuclear plant operator, said, quote, you never shut down water across a core. Never. I would okay, so I'm no nuclear physicist or anything, uh-huh. or I've never worked at. Well, most people have never worked at a. a it's not a normal job to have, no. But I would think uh-huh. you would probably want water for the reactor. Yeah, to keep it cool. Yeah, you would think. You, I, th- I think not th- not having cool water or water at all would mm-hmm. probably cause even more issues. And that reason being is that's what's keeping the core cool. Without the water moving across the core, it overheats and goes nuclear. What? Now, what caused that scenario was a pressure relief valve that got stuck open. So no fresh water was going in, being pumped across. And as they cut off the water pump, 
temperatures started to rise immediately. Okay, so wait, Snap wait, 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 So their first reaction to mm-hmm. all of the alarms going off mm-hmm. was we need to turn off the water that we could need be Turn off the now? water pump because so it was showing that the water level was still full. So their assumption was, right, because mm-hmm. um, we all know what assuming does. It makes... Uh, and as are you and me, well, assumption. And, well, it made it out of them, yes. right? So 100%. what ended up happening is that it wasn't full. No. And so it actually well, caused... It, well, the what? valve was stuck open. What valve? The pressure relief valve. The pressure relief yes. valve. So it was saying that it was full when it wasn't. Correct. So it wasn't necessarily anything that... If they would have just left the water on, it probably wouldn't have really caused anything. It was just a valve that was kind of... Well, in the scenario they were in, not knowing, like... Okay. Also, they weren't very prop- properly trained. Okay, I'm guessing you're going to get into that. Yes. Okay. So stop jumping ahead. Well, I'm just, I'm <laughs> trying to think, like, what exactly. You, well, your answers are going to get, uh, your answers, your questions are going to get answered. Okay, please. Let me freaking read my notes, right? So, <laughs> at 7 a.m. the next morning, the news reports that the plant had shut down due to an accident in the turbine system. Ooh. Officials, including the Metropolitan Edison, who operated the plant, okay. have been saying there is no danger to the general public, and the situation is under control. Have you heard that, right? Um, I would say that I've heard that quite a bit, especially these days. Yeah, well, let me ask you. Do you think it was under control? Uh, knowing that, uh, knowing the media mm-hmm. and knowing the government mm-hmm. and knowing uh, people who run nuclear reactors, I would say yes, I believe them. I believe everybody. Yeah, no matter what they said, okay. no, it wasn't under oh, control. Oh, okay, okay. Not at all. Oh, man, I so really believe everybody. <laughs> here's something interesting. Okay. Just 12 days prior... To this, a movie called The China Syndrome uh, came out. And the way it matches up to that, Wait. what happened is very eerie. I've heard I've heard of The China Syndrome. Isn't that where kind of like uh, there's like a nuclear reactor melts but goes all the way down to China or something like that? Close. Okay. There's a In the movie, there's a turbine issue at a nuclear power plant. They also stop the water pump due to the gauge showing it's full. And the manager taps the dial, and it unsticks. So they avoid everything, and it drops what it actually was. So it was it was a wow. false alarm, and everything was fine. But the movie is also set in Pennsylvania. You know it. <laughs> you know it makes me think of other movies that happen that way, where it's like there's movies that come out right before that happens. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the uh, like Star Wars? Y- y- yeah, <laughs> that's happening right now. Um, but have you heard of the show called Utopia on Amazon? Uh no. So it's basically it the the movie the show's about a guy who writes a <laughs> what the <laughs> the episode's about a guy who writes a comic book uh-huh. about a uh, a virus a disease that's going out mm-hmm. and Did that's gonna call it that's going to crown kill virus <laughs> that's going to kill a lot of people. Uh huh. That may that needs to be something we look into. Yeah, like, might ha- may, maybe that's what I'll do next on on the and next how the podcast. Simpsons predict everything. Yeah. Like how uh, a lot of movies or other things come out right before uh, those incidences. Back to the real Three Mile Island. Okay. Uh, every hour, things just start to deteriorate. Alarms keep going off, gamma ray alerts, and it's getting into the control room. And to quote Mr. Parks again, it was a clusterfuck in the control room. Ah, okay. That sounds like uh, what would be happening. During that entire time and the five-hour delay from letting the public know, Metropo- Metropolitan Edison still kept saying there's nothing wrong, there's no major radiation, no, you know, nothing's leaked. Well, let me ask you this. But as you can guess, 
It was leaking the entire time. I was going well, my question though to that is how much information did this particular individual have to say? Were, were people telling him like nothing's happening? Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure it out. So he went out into the media and was like, Hey, it's nothing going on, guys. We're figuring it out. Uh, we'll get you. Don't worry. We're going to figure this out completely. Going to figure it out. <laughs> so they said, they said, uh, what was leaking was no more harmful than a dental x ray. Then they run a helicopter 130 feet above the stacks mm-hmm. and they reported over 1200 milliren per hour. Oh, wow. And based on the research I found, the max milliren one person is allowed by the government standards is 6,000. Yeah. Yearly. Yes. Not daily, daily or hourly. Yeah, yeah. So this whole time, they have cops, fire departments going through the town saying, hey, if you're in a brick house, cover your windows, you're fine. And then going back around saying, hey, you're not fine. You need to leave. Yeah, and no, like, I've, I've heard that radiation doesn't go through brick. No, not at all. You're safe. You just cover those glass windows. Yeah. Because. With paper. Because glass is clear. Yeah. Radiation goes through it so easier. Like you just got to put paper towels <laughs> or newspaper. Or aluminum foil. Or plastic or, yeah, aluminum foil. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, the issue of the evacuation uh, of anyone within the five-mile radius of the plant. And everyone 10 miles within, they're saying to stay indoors indefinitely. And the governor is saying this is all precautionary and just trying to keep everyone from panicking. Okay. And that's when everyone panicked and decided to leave. You know what I would have done? The next day, half the town left. You know what I would have done? Panicked. No, I would have put a newspaper on my windows like they told me to. At this point, the governor asked at the time, President Carter to send someone down there mm-hmm. that will be the manager and face of the ground operations uh, because they had so much communica- miscommunication from all the parties involved of exactly what was going on. Because okay. this person saying these and then the management talking to these people and giving them bad information. So President Carter sends down his personal representative and chief operations officer of the right. NRC, Mr. Harold Denton. Okay. The first thing he did was go out in a press interview and let everyone know that they were concerned about a hydrogen bubble inside the reactor vessel, which, if left to itself, would explode. Perfect. Which is what happened years later at Chernobyl. A hydrogen explosion blew the roof off of the reactor reactor itself, releasing all the radioactivity. Now, I remind you, this is day four, and they haven't issued a full evacuation yet. Wow. And on the fifth day... They did more calculations and noticed an error. Thankfully, did they evacuate people then? No. Thankfully, this error meant that there was no jan- danger of the hydrogen blowing up. Oh, that's good. I want to point out also at this time, this is going on. The plant costs $700 million to build and operate for less than 90 days. Wow. So, which brings us to the cleanup. Can you guess how much they estimate this cleanup would cost. Wait, so did they fix the problem? Because we were there was close no to we were close to a nuclear explosion. Well they, they found out that wasn't. Yeah. Did they ever find out that it was just as simple as fixing a valve and then turning the water back on? No, because the damage had already occurred. Like so, it melt all everything inside the reactor melted. Oh snap. there was a partial meltdown. But there was no hydrogen bubble that would Cause an explosion. Explode and then go full nuclear. So did they just shut down the machine itself? Yeah, they shut everything down. Oh, they had snap. to. Okay, so they got they Including got to the it before water. they uh, before it got to the Chernobyl. Exactly. Okay. 
So the cost, how much do you think it's cost? Without looking at my notes. $7 million. $7 million oh, to, snap. to get it fixed? I looked at your notes. Okay. <laughs> AJ, how much do you... What? What were you going to guess? Six. It doesn't it matter. It was He's not one on billion. Oh, snap. Was the estimated cost to get this oh, fixed. Oh, you're not on the show, bro. Oh, yeah. My fault, G. My fault, G. Go in. So GPU, who owned the plant, hired Bechtel. Now, Bechtel, at the time, was an over 100-year-old company already and have done a ton of things, but got started constructing railroads back in the late 1800s. Wait, can I ask you something? Yes. I don't know if you're going to give this answer yet, but so this this was definitely a $1 billion cleanup? It's cost over $1 billion. Oh, it cost over. So that this, was their estimate. That was an estimate. Yes, oh, okay. of how much it would cost. Holy moly, don't it, chap. Now... Where was I? Bechtel. Oh, yeah. They started building railroads back in the late 1800s. And they were very well politically connected and the largest private construction company in the world at the time. Okay. By the 60s and 70s, they were involved in the construction of 40% of the nuclear power plants in the U.S., according to Wikipedia. Okay. After that, they switched their focus to nuclear cleanup and were obviously involved in Three Mile Island. Hmm. What? A coincidence, right? Mm-hmm. Which brings me back to Mr. Rick Parks, who, as I mentioned, was a nuclear power plant operator. Oh. In June 1980, okay. Rick Parks started in the cleanup of the incident. He said, quote, Bechtel was known as a get-it-done-no-matter-what type of company. He is also a whistleblower on the shortcuts they took to clean up the mess as quickly as possible. Well, and that, you know, that it, it's hard to think that because... You get a company who says, get it done no matter what. Yeah. That they would take shortcuts. No, they're you don't legitimate. Usually, yeah, you don't usually hear that from people who say those kinds of things. When they're like, hey, we need this particular product to get it done. And they're like, just get it done without it. I don't care how it's done. Just get it done. Yeah, and, and that, like, well, that, well, that's need. how they get around things, too. They just tell people, just get it done. Like, just get it done. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but get it done. Well, that, sound, <laughs> that sounds very ethical to me. So the first thing they had to do was vent all the gas and radioactivity gas out of there. Okay. And what they've construct what they constructed was a ventilating system. Uh, they run a hose into it and pump the air out through that vent system. Okay. But they, as Rick Parks would put it, they put duct tape on it. Hmm. There wasn't not duct- literal duct tape, but would, that wasn't fixing the issue. I was gonna say because duct tape is pretty reliable. I mean, things. that's I what he said. He said, ask any regnet, <laughs> duct tape will fix a lot of things. Hey, I broken? I duct tape it. Yeah. As a point to how and why, of course, the reason behind it mm-hmm. was money. The owners of the plant, Energy Solutions, had a clause that in order to release more money, Bechtel had to hit milestones of the cleanup. So oh. each day that the milestone was getting closer, everyone was being pushed by Bechtel to hit that milestone. Boom, get it done. And millions of dollars were being uh, put at stake here. Because remember, the ed- that just the estimate was $1 billion. They were like, get it done. And <laughs> yeah, they gave them, they shipped in the whole 18-wheeler full of duct tape yeah. <laughs> to get it done. Hey, look at me. I'm putting duct tape right here. <laughs> See that big crack in that, uh, <laughs> that uh, reactor there? <laughs> done. Boom. Put duct tape on your windows. What is it? (laughs) Okay. So the milestone that started this whole fiasco Uh was the building's polar crane. That was needed to raise the cover off the reactor to start pulling out all the uh, the melted 
fuel rods and metals that were in there. Okay. The problem was all the venting hicks uh, had exposed the crane and was radioactive. So they would need to replace all the cables, the brakes. It had to be spick and span uh, to make sure it was safe to move everything. Because if you try to lift it up and that crane breaks and drops... (laughs) Uh, I don't see a problem. The top on it, uh, mm-hmm. that's when the, the whole China syndrome thing could... What is the si- China syndrome again? China because syndrome. you never explained it after I said what it might be. Oh, well, the China syndrome is what happened at Chernobyl, pretty much. It it causes that nuclear reaction to blow up with that hydrogen uh, exploding and melts superheated to, as they put it, can melt the... Uh, into the ground to the other side of the earth to China. Uh, okay, so I was close. You were close, okay. yes. So Rick Parks looked over the documents for the modifications uh, needed to start replacing those needed parts for the crane, and there was none. The head that was there for Bechtel didn't want to spend the money. They wanted it done faster to make sure there was no delaying and hitting that milestone. Yeah, we need to get it done. We can't wait for parts to come in. This is a nuclear reactor situation, mm-hmm. and who cares if we do it right? Yeah, just as long as you hit that milestone. Yeah. They're safe miles away. So they had also found out make that money. <laughs> they had also found out that Bechtel also jerry-rigged some parts on the crane and wanted to operate it to get the cleanup going. Mind you, they hadn't load tested it yet. So Rick Parks and Ed Gishel, who was the head of engineering, both went to Larry King, the director of cleanup operations. Oh, I thought it was like Larry King. That's wow. what I thought too. <laughs> okay. But I was like, what's he doing there? Uh, but he was the director of the cleanup operations. And said that it needs to be tested first to make sure it's safe before moving the head off of a melted reactor. Yeah. He told them, yeah, he agrees, and that they none of them would sign off on it, that it needed to be tested first. Okay. That sounds like we're keeping safety first. It seems okay. responsible. Yes. Especially when the whole plant is surrounded by an entire town. Yeah. That's not in the middle of anything. Safety first, people. Being safety called first. Middle town. Uh, so Larry King went straight to the VP of GPU and told him exactly that because he either knew what was going on and didn't care mm-hmm. or he had no idea what was going on and both were a huge problem. So there was no paperwork on where the material came from to fix the parts or who did it or anything. Bechdel told them, we got to do it, do it now. So all those parts for That's a, a good nu- leader right melted there. nuclear leader. reactor they didn't know where those parts to fix the crane came from, who did the work to fix it, and they were going to lift the top off of a melted <laughs> nuclear yeah. reactor to hit, yeah. make sure they hit the milestone. Yeah, my truck broke down one day, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was fixed. I don't know who fixed it. Yeah. I mean, it, who broke, cares? it broke down further down the road, yeah. and I had to call an actual mechanic. Mm-hmm. But the first time... I don't know who the strange guy was that was like, I got you, bro. With duct tape. And I paid him like $200. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so we've hit the, the time limit for this podcast episode, okay. unfortunately. Uh. So there's going to be a part two. Dose. And it only gets worse from here. What? It gets <laughs> so much worse. Mr. Man. Parks. I thought they were, were going to handle the whole, the whole situation like easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so with the nuclear reactor, but no. But Larry King, Rick Parks, and uh, Mr. Gishel, both, they, all three of them get into some stuff. So hear about how Larry King, before he became a radio host slash... This is what drove him to be to search that truth to become yes. a radio host. 
So thank everyone for watching this first part. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Hit that bell. Leave a comment no matter what it is. Uh, yep. And, and all of that will help our ag- algorithm. Algorithm, yeah. Algorithm. So this is the end.